four years ago, Texas craft beers experienced a big boom, and then last year, some say the carpet was pulled out from underneath them. Joining us on the other side of Texas is the president and founder of St. Arnold's Brewing Company. He is Brock Wagner. Thanks for coming on with us, Brock. Oh, thanks for having me this morning. Well, tell it. Afternoon, I guess it is. Yeah, we're at the afternoon now. Maybe you've been taking something off the top there, Brock? Well, we we call it R&D. Okay. <laughs> tell us a little bit about St. Arnold's. When did you start, and how big is your production now? So I started St. Arnold's in 1994, and I've been a home brewer prior to that. Uh, today we're Texas's oldest craft brewer, uh, which it's important to note we weren't the first. We just outlasted all the others. Um, and today, uh, we're doing about 68,000 barrels of beer a year, uh, which makes us the largest craft brewery in Texas. Uh, but still, we're you know, a drop in the bucket compared to the big international brewing company. So 68, give us, you don't have to name one, but compared to a big brewer, what do they usually do per year? So Anheuser-Busch InBev, just a U.S. operation, so the old Anheuser-Busch, they do about 100 million barrels a year. Yeah, we're, we're a few hours of their production. A drop in the barrel, as it were. So Texas yeah, historically, exactly. this, this gets a little bit complicated, and I know that people really enjoy their craft beer, uh, me being one of them. But it goes up against Texas history and Texas political history in a lot of ways. Texas has three tier systems, and it's not just related to to the beer industry. It's also the liquor industry to an extent, but especially the automobile industry. For instance, Elon Musk recently tried to bring Tesla in to try to bypass the distribution angle and go straight production to home. Some will say that craft beer is a correlation to the automobile industry in Texas in that we do have these three-tier systems. This is the way things have always been. Brock Wagner, why should things change for craft beer? So the three-tier system, it's something that came about after Prohibition and says you can be either a brewer, a distributor, or a retailer, but you can't, they can't cross. And there was a good reason for them because there was a time when breweries would open all, own all the bars and you'd get no selection when you went into a bar. Um, and there were other abuses that occurred because of that. Now, it's, the three-tier system has evolved and it needs to continue evolving to reflect kind of the current market environment. And every time it has evolved, uh, for example, back in in 1994, around there, when uh, brew pubs were first legalized, that was the first time you saw a kind of craft beer take hold here in Texas. Then they didn't evolve again until 2013 when we got a bill passed that allowed for breweries like ourselves to sell beer on premise. So prior to 2013, if you came and visited St. Arnold's, I could give you a beer for free but I couldn't sell you a pint, hmm. uh, which obviously is a pretty bad business proposition. Um, we got that change, and we also got a change because up before 2013, brew pubs could sell their own beer on premise, but they couldn't distribute their beer at all. Uh, the result was you've seen a huge boom in craft brewing here in Texas since those bills 
were passed in 2013. There's about 250 craft breweries in the state today, whereas 10 years ago, there was about 20. So, I mean, you can see how when the law changes, it really helps the entire state. Um, That's all been good. Now, last year, there was a step backwards when a bill was passed that would restrict some of the operations you can have on premise, especially if a bigger brewery happens to buy your brewery. Um, but it's important for these laws to continue changing. You well, know, one of the things we'd really like to see now is to be able to sell sell you a six-pack of beer when you come visit the brewery. Yeah, rather than the jug. Well, we can't even sell you a, a uh, you know a growler to take home. Oh, now, if you go to a brew pub, they can, but we, but a shipping brewery like ourselves okay. cannot. That's a that's an important distinction there. So Brock Wagner, he is the founder of Saint Arnold. What's the website there, Brock? If people want to look you up, SaintArnold.com. You okay. just have to remember you have to spell it out: S A I N T Arnold.com. Sane all the way. So the House bill, the bill that you're referring to in 2017 that passed out of the 85th legislature, HB 3287, that I believe by Craig Goldman, who's a state representative out of West Fort Worth. Some call that bill an extortion tax or a dot bump tax. Go ahead and explain further why, I don't know if you feel the same way, you probably do, if you feel that that is an extortion tax and how it is an extortion tax. So, that was an interesting bill. There was one group of constituents who was for that bill in the entire state of Texas, and that was beer wholesalers. Uh, breweries were all against it, uh, yeah, consumers were against it. It's just a very small, uh, really a small number of, of men who who were in favor of this bill. And what it does is if you get up to a certain size, you then have to, if you're a brewery like us, uh, and we're not at that size yet, but if we get there, we would have to start purchasing the beer that we sell at our premises back from a distributor. So we, and what's even sillier about it is the distributor doesn't actually want to pick the beer up from us, bring it to their warehouse, then ship it back to us so that we could serve it. They'll just give us an invoice for what we take from our cold box and serve there at our, uh, you know, move to our bar and, and sell. Uh, just to get their bump tax. So that's one aspect to the bill. Uh, the other aspect of the bill, which is you have to get a little bit more into the weeds, but is probably more critical to craft brewers in Texas, is it reduced the value of Texas craft brewers by about 50% because it makes us unappealing for any other brewery in the country or the world to want to invest in our breweries because it could their investment could actually cause us to have to shut down our tap rooms. And our tap rooms are our number one marketing tool. You know, that's how people like to come visit breweries, experience us, taste the beer, and then they go out to other bars and restaurants and grocery stores and, and purchase our beer. 
So it sounds like you say a small number of men. Uh, is the phrase that you used, beer wholesalers. But whenever it gets down into Austin and into the Pink Dome, if you got 76 on the House side and 16 on the Senate side, you've got a bill that becomes law. How was a how were the beer wholesalers or a small group of men able to push that through both chambers and then not receive the governor's veto in the end? Well, they're one of the largest contributors of political donations to uh, to the politicians in the state of Texas. Um, you know, their donations are in the millions of dollars every single election cycle, and that's from the governor, the lieutenant governor, and they pretty much blanket the entire legislature. So it's kind of one of those money talks, and uh, they're very lucrative businesses and. That's how it works. It's not about, unfortunately, this is one of those cases where it's not about what's good for the state of Texas, or, you know, the people, the consumers, uh, the overall economy. It becomes very much focused on on some individual businesses. Uh, I'm going to go through some rapid fire here, Brock Wagner, and I know that we value your time and thank you for coming in but i've got i want to know how you started did you start like in your bathtub or your garage i mean you saw an opening <laughs> obviously you saw an opening before 94 and knew that there would be the opportunity to establish to found a craft beer how'd you start so i started out at a home brewer i was actually in college it was the ra in my dorm that taught me to homebrew so technically i am using what i learned at rice Although this is not what, I, what my parents thought I was Wait, was it in for. the dorm, Brock? Or was it in a residence? It was in, it was in the dorm. Nice. <laughs> nice. Those private <laughs> school kids. You, know, you never know. <laughs> wow. Well, and we, yeah, and I kept homebrewing. It, it really, that became my passion. I would do it on weekends after college. When I was, when I was working on coming up with uh, the name for the brewery, I started thinking, well, yeah, I wonder who the patron saint of Brewers is. And I started doing research, and I found St. Arnold. He was a great guy. He was the Bishop of Metz from 612 to 629, and he was known for running around the countryside telling all his parishioners, do not drink water. Water is bad, which was true back then. The drink beer is a gift of God. He was, he was a very popular bishop. Okay, so tell me, Brock Wagner, with... What you've lined out with the bump tax and the cost of overhead production, but how much of people will notice that whenever they go to buy a six pack of craft beer, nine, ten dollars, somewhere in there, is that to absorb some of this bump tax and, and other fees associated with distributing? That really has to do with the cost of producing the beer. We are wonderfully inefficient businesses. Yeah. Uh, we buy the most expensive ingredients. Um, and, and Brock, it's really about the, you can't expect to just buy it at six bucks whenever you guys are pumping eleven percent into it. You know, I mean, come on, this costs money. Yeah, no, it's it's expensive what we do, um, and really, the, the cost of our beer is, is pretty much independent of these particular. Uh, you know, those bills getting passed. Okay. Those bills have more to do with what the enterprise value of our companies are. Now, okay. I have no no interest in selling St. Arnold's, and I've been approached by every you know 
major brewing company that exists. But should you want to, or if people are just looking to invest in your brewery, it has actually scuttled investment in some other small craft breweries after this bill got passed. Wow. So what we're faced with is be more like, let's say, your, your, your parent broadcasting company was told, well, if you're purchased by a larger broadcasting company, you can get the frequency, but your show can't be aired anymore. Hmm. And Man, so you're really making it hit home now, bro. Yeah, well, that's kind of what what that build does. So suddenly, nobody really is, is going to be interested in in investing in the parent company of your uh, you know of your radio. No. Uh, so tell me, that, I've uh, talked with guys who took that vote, and this is what they'll say to me: that took the vote against you and for thirty two eighty seven. They'll say, look. We have a large number of people who work in these wholesalers and in these distribution companies in our district, and we voted for those jobs because this could be an upheaval to the entire uh, beer industry in Texas. What, do, what would you say to those who, who make those kinds of arguments? Am I allowed to say on the air? We can edit that out. <laughs> Okay, uh, that that is the biggest bunch of malarkey that I've ever heard. Um, that is not going to cause distribution jobs to go away. It is, you know, distributors tend to, especially their lobbyists, like to create uh, craft breweries as boogeymen for them. I think primarily to make sure that the lobbyists. Uh, can keep their jobs, but every time the laws evolve in a positive way for craft breweries, the amount of craft beer that these distributors sell goes up, and they make more money selling our craft beer than they do the the big mass-produced brands. It's this fear, this, they view the economy and the market for beer as a zero-sum game. And I'm actually an economist by training, and I can tell you, every time you look at something as a zero-sum game and that's the way you start behaving, what actually happens is the pie shrinks. What we're trying to do is get these laws to evolve, which will actually grow the pie, and everybody will benefit from it. But there would be zero loss of jobs that would have occurred if they didn't pass that bill that bill that that is complete smoke and mirrors look over here kind of thing there's there's no basis to to that statement it's tough because we don't have the money to donate that the big brewers do and unfortunately as long as money becomes the uh the driving force in politics as long as that's the case it's going to be hard, and you know, the end result may not be what's actually best for the state of Texas. We hope that you'll come back on as things begin to heat up as we go into the 86th legislature. 
Well, I appreciate your having me. I really enjoyed talking to you. Well, it's been great. Brock Wagner, again, founder of St. Arnold. You go starnold.com.